I look forward to seeing the finish. That'd be cool. I really love where we went in worship today. Um, I had a thought, you know, for what I was going to talk about today. And uh, during the week, you know, in amongst having a few coffees and catching up on some of my favourite television shows after Melanie goes to bed because she doesn't like my shows and or I've got to let her fall asleep first because my snoring would keep her awake. So either of those two things are, are true, really. Um, I, I jumped on the, on the phone and uh, we know that young Ross Morgan often drives late at night and so I found myself speaking to Ross, uh, nutting out some of the thoughts in my head. We were just chatting for ages. Um, just It must have been a, an hour or so on the phone just talking about, wasn't it, Ross? Just nutting some stuff out. Funnily enough, we, we are, are, are both wired exceptionally well uh, and similarly and... Um, it was time for me to, to take a restroom stop as it was for him in his truck. And so that ended the conversation. You didn't need to know that, but it's colourful. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was nice just being able to nut out some of the stuff that, that God was speaking to me about. And so what I want to be able to do today is to share that. But I, I, I almost have to, to line it with this. Often when God speaks to me, I, God gives me pictures and dreams and, and it helps me to wonder of all that we can be in him, yeah? It's not about him showing what I'm lacking or what we're lacking because the reality is we have everything, yeah? But we're not always necessarily walking in that so we can feel that we're distant from God, not connected, not in the Godhead even though we are. So sometimes when I'm sharing some of these pictures and dreams of what God desires and has purposed for us, it's, it's not about having... An, an orphan-type mentality that says you're just telling us what we're not or what we're not, you know, how we're not living. It's about knowing who you are as a son and daughter, living in your sonship and saying, if that's what Papa, if that's what Daddy's got for me, then, man, I'm going to enjoy this ride, yeah? yeah? Two different things, you know? If I sit with my son, I share what I desire for him. I don't put him down. I don't say you're not doing this and you're not doing that. I say, you know, we could do this or you could do that. Now, if he understands how much I love him, he'll always receive it well. He'll always receive it well. If he doesn't know my love, then he's going to say, you're just pointing out things that I don't do or, or what I'm not. And often, yeah, general sweeping comment within the Christian church, people live in a space and place where when you're trying to help them dream for what God has for them, what they hear, they're coming from a place because they, when I say they haven't experienced the love of the Father, there is always more to experience, yeah? There's depths and wells that we can dig that actually shift and change the way that we think. So when someone, when you're reading the Word, you read what we can be in Him, but if what we're receiving is what we're not, we're not living, we don't understand the love of the Father because the love of the Father always propels us forward, always propels us up, Yeah? And so this is what God, God's been talking to me about some stuff in and around that. And I, I love the words of the song, uh, the different, nearly all the songs, but the last two songs were all about a declaration, thanking him for his blood, thanking him for what he's done. And in that space, nothing's going to hold me back. Man, I'm sold out to you, Father. Yeah? Now, for many of us that have walked with the Lord for a long time, We've probably sung those songs, prayed those words, all to Jesus I surrender. The reality of some of our circumstances, we're probably not living in the fullness that God has purposed for us. It's, that's not a detraction or a negative. 
It's just saying there's more that we can still walk into as his sons and daughters, yeah? So that's what I want to try to unpack today, if that's all right, with the time that I've got. Um, when it's time, I'll just finish up wherever, wherever I'm at so we're not here until 3 o'clock. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you, Andrew. You've never been able to do that before. I know, I'm trying. Um, you know, Rob pointed out the seven years, it's a new season. I'll give it a burl, you know. <laughs> Wish me luck. Um, I, I have really discovered or it's be, I've become to realise more and more with an ever-increasing realisation the enormity of the Father's love for me. So much so that I'm understanding more daily and weekly and even yearly. As I spend time with different people, speaking to different people, some of you, as I spend time with my, my mentors or my counsellors that speak into my life, I'm, re- I'm realising that God is always doing a work in me to grow me, to make me more like his son Jesus with ever-increasing glory. The truth is, whether you want to admit it or not, <laughs> each and every one of you are on exactly the same journey. Yeah, Exactly the same. None of us have attained. None of us are 100% perfect. None of us are 100% Jesus, though we have all that we need. I don't believe any of you at this stage have walked on water, not unless it was two or three mils deep. Yeah, I haven't heard any of those miraculous stories happening over and over again. Yeah. So, in saying all of that, what I do love is we're all different. We all have different circumstances, different situations, different families, different upbringings, all sorts of stuff that make us different, yet we're all on this similar journey with Father God. Because I believe that, and, and I think I would struggle to find anyone that would disagree with, with me here, he saves us, yeah? We are saved from the moment we say yes to Jesus. He saves us from an eternity without him, okay? I don't like the terminology that he saves me from hell. His intention was never to send me to hell. His intention was always that I would have a relationship with him. And so when I said yes to Jesus, he restored my relationship and saved me from an eternity without him. Yeah? If you believe that you were created for hell, then he saved you from hell. Yeah? I was never created for hell. I was created for him. Yeah? All right? So I just, every once in a while, God prompts me for little things like that. So you... He sacrifices his son. He makes that all possible for us. He invites each and every one of us into his family. And I know from time to time you look at different members of the church body globally and you think, wow, even them. (laughs) You know, we're all his children. He's, for all of us, he's our dad. He empowers each and every one of us. And then he even says, and by the way, I'm going to give you Holy Spirit. He's part of me. He's with me. You're going, to love, you're going to love Holy Spirit. He's going to freak you out. But seriously, you wait till he comes. He's going to comfort you. He's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. He's going to empower you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to do stuff that you never imagined. Right? He even goes that far. He does that for us. Yeah. And so all of us are on this journey. And if we let Father God do what he wants to do, the outcome for each and every one of us regardless of our varying backgrounds, is the same. We all become more like Jesus. Yeah? 
I know some of you are thinking, oh my goodness, that means I'm going to be like Andrew. I don't want to be like Andrew. But the point is, he's making me more like Jesus and he's making you more like Jesus. So together, we're looking pretty much the same if we're on this same journey, yeah? And I really love what the Lord's done over the, car, you know, the, the past couple of months because we've looked how, how, at how some of the journeys look. You know, we've looked at the pruning process um, and the cutting process. And even when you think about the pruning process, the, the scripture says that he prunes, yeah, he, he, he prunes the stuff where there's fruit so that we'll produce more fruit. You just sit with the thought for a minute. So where you're generous, he cuts that away. You just think about how that one looks for your life, right? Where you're generous, he cuts that away so you can be more generous, produce more fruit. Where you're loving and kind, he prunes that. Yeah? So how does that look when he prunes away your your love and your kindness so that you can produce more love and more kindness? You're catching this? And And then we wonder, why are we struggling? That was his plan, so that we can produce more fruit. Yeah? yeah? No different for a vine. My dad had, when he was alive, we had fruit trees all through the backyard. You go to my backyard now, you've got weeds and, and, and you've got natives and they're overgrown. And, you know, they're not... We had fruit trees. We had fig trees, apple trees, pear trees. We had a vine that went right through the backyard. Uh, obviously, the lemon tree, apricot tree, nectarine tree. Uh, just the whole backyard was full. You go to my mum's backyard now. Dad passed away 13, 14 years ago at least. Um, and mum is 84. And I think we still have the lemon tree. Yeah? And that's really important because Mel loves lemons. Yeah? Every other thing is gone. But, you know, and he would always be out there. Dad would always be out there, particularly with the, the vines after the season. He'd be cutting back, pruning, tying, doing all that sort of stuff. You know, he'd be, we'd go to Melbourne show and do you remember those things you used to get there on a stick and, and as when the wind blew, they turned? I don't know what they're called, you know. He would, he would actually tie them to the trees because they're constantly moving. They would keep the birds away. No nets over the trees. He had all these different things hanging everywhere. If a kid came and visited, he'd think it was a toy tree, you know. Like, but they kept the, kept the birds away. He, he constantly prunes at us and he, and he cuts at us. And then he, with the cutting, if you think about the cutting, he just starts to, to take away the dead stuff, the stuff that's lifeless, the stuff that, you know, just you're thinking wrong and you're feeling wrong. He, he, that's dead, so he cuts that away. Like he just cuts that away, you know? And then he, he chisels and he molds and we wonder why we're under pressure sometimes, you know? He's, but he's making us into something. And then... Maybe four weeks ago, we had Crystal and Janine, they were up here. They were just sharing their story of what God is doing in their life. Two completely different stories. Two very similar outcomes because they're becoming more like Jesus. Yeah? And then we had you know, Pastor Peter McHugh come from Stairway. And he talked about if you can only fully embrace and comprehend Father's love for you, and live in that space of love and peace. When trials and tribulations come, when inner turmoil comes, you'll be like Paul and you'll just say, I rejoice in that stuff because I have this peace and I have this love and I understand what God is up to in my life. Yeah. And then we had the School of Faith last week and Tristan just sat and he spoke and he was saying, you know, we have the ability to be able to be a people that lives without unbelief. They can live from a place of only believing, only faith, 
to see the signs and the miracles and the wonders happen. And I just, what I see is this thread coming through months of God showing us what he wants for, for us all, yeah? A journey that he's got us all on. If we would only understand it and embrace it. Because as Grace said so well, all things work together for good. And I've written here, all things work together for something. Yeah, for something. Sometimes you just got to realise what the something is. You know, his love never changes. So all things that we go through are working together for good, for something. Yes, for those that love Jesus. All that, yeah. But for what? What is it, you know? You know, he goes, our, our God is so good that he doesn't leave us unfinished. Scripture says that he's going to finish the work that he started, true? So I'm here to declare you're not finished. Yeah? For those that are struggling with children or your partners, you're not finished. <laughs> and neither are they. Yeah? He's not finished yet. He's, he's going to be good. He is going to finish. That's why it says you know, in Philippians 1.6, and I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You know, the whole idea of that, it was never haphazard. It wasn't something he decided to do at a whim. He knew from the beginning, when he pictured the world and how it looked, at that moment, he had every thought you can imagine. He didn't make it up as it went along. It wasn't like, now I'm going to do this. Oh, that's a good idea. Now I'll do this. See, you've got to understand he's God. He may work different days if we're going to go through the Genesis account, but the thought of what he was going to do, that happened just like that, everything. And at the same time that he thought of what the sun was going to look like, the moon, he knew, he knew your face, he knew, he knew your ups and downs, he knew the colour of your hair, knew if you were going to be overweight, knew, he knew if you were going to have a six-pack. Yeah? He knew it. He knew it at that very moment. It was intentional. You've got to understand it was intentional because he knows the worst of us, but he also knows and he sees and he believes in the best of us. Yeah? Yeah? He knows what he's shaping, yeah? not what he's making. We're made. We are made. We were created. And because of Adam and Eve and the fall and all that other stuff, we weren't walking as closely as we could. We discover that God sends his son on a cross so that he make our relationship right with him. We say, yes, we're made. From this point, we're made. Made. New creation. Made. Hello. Yeah? New creation. You're not a sinner. You were. We may have been. Yeah? Now we're a new creation. If you'd like to be a sinner that's saved by grace, there are plenty of churches around Australia. I'm going to put it out there, yeah? We're not sinners saved by grace. We're sons and daughters of the king. Okay? And now, having been made, we walk and he shapes us and he shapes us and he shapes us. But for what? Yeah? What's he shaping us for? Now, I want to throw another precursor in there. This is nothing to do about service. It's got nothing to do with what you do. Yeah? It's got nothing to do with your salvation. You see, Daddy has us heading in a direction for a purpose that brings purpose. Yeah? Good quote, isn't it? 
That's my quote. I don't even have to quote anyone else on that one. That's actually mine. I know. Yeah, it surprised many of you. It surprised me. I even put it in blue writing so I wouldn't forget it. Yeah? That daddy has us heading in a direction for a purpose that brings purpose. And I love the reality that after we accept him, after we're saved from an eternity without him, he continues to show and to shower. Yeah? I feel like a wordsmith. The show and show. Put an ER, shower. Yeah? Anyway. I was having a Gary Morgan moment when I wrote that. He, he shows us and he showers us with his love. Yeah? Gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I love what it says in John 14, 15 to 17. It says, if you love me, it says, obey my commandments. Yeah? Remember, I'm saying this is not about service. A majority yeah, of um, transcripts or different um, what's the word I'm looking for for the different styles of Bible writing? Thank you, translations. Do you ever, anyone else have those moments when a word's just not there? It's just like it's there, but you can't see it. I wish my daughter was here because I'd say I would say I'm, have, I'm having a faith moment, you know. Like, but uh, what a lot of translations say is, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Yeah, in Acts. 1.8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and, again, you will be my witnesses. Yeah? This is not about a command. We have so often as a church read these as a command. You will do this because you love me. You will. Yeah? But he's a loving father that's in the process of shaping us, not, not demanding from us. So he gives us the Holy Spirit and he's so good and he's so loving. He goes, oh, by the way, yes, I've given you the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. This, all this stuff's going to happen. But you know what? You now can grow in the gifts of the Spirit as well. I'm just going to give you a bit more. You know, I'm glad that you're enjoying the lamb roast. But check out the vegetables I've got and the gravy to go with that meat. Yeah? For any of the vegetarians in the house, I apologise. An analogy the other way would never work. Anyway, so, yeah. So he gives us all this stuff to add to our plate if what we had wasn't already enough because he's constantly shaping us. 1 Corinthians 12.1 says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, you know, I don't want you to misunderstand this. this it, that's a really important passage of Scripture because at the end of the day, the enemy... The devil, Lucifer, whatever you want to call it, the enemy, yeah, that wants to rob you of your faith. His success is totally dependent on our ignorance. His success is totally dependent on us not understanding. And that's why here, when Paul writes, he goes, here, regarding the question about the special abilities, the gifts, you know, that, that the Spirit gives you, I don't want you to misunderstand this. I want you to understand what Father God is giving you because it's going to help you live this life on purpose, with purpose, for the purpose I have for you, yeah? So when we understand the spiritual gifts and we can start to stir them up, then we have a power and authority over the enemy because the scripture says that, that he, he is, we're the head, he's the tail, that he's beneath, beneath us, he's under our feet, yeah? So we've got to understand what we've been given, you know, Papa is constantly giving us gifts to profit us, his children. They're a benefit to us, the body, the family. Totally and honest, all the time. So he keeps shaping us and equipping us. 1 Corinthians 12, 
12, 7 says, A spiritual gift is given to us, uh, given to each of us, so we can help each other. Help each other. Help. Help is not spelt condemn. Yeah? Help each other. It's not spelt condemn each other. It's about getting alongside. So he doesn't want us to miss out on these gifts because he gives them to us for a reason. And the truth that our daddy, that father God wants us, he, he actually wants you and I to be hungry and to pursue the spiritual gifts. Yeah. This sermon's not even about spiritual gifts, but I just, I just need to flag some stuff. Yeah, Because if we're living lives as Christians, unaware, not understanding, not pursuing, not having, have, not having the gifts of the Spirit flowing out of us, then we're actually living a pretty boring life because Father God gave it to us for a reason. Yeah? 1 Corinthians 12.31, just the first part of that scripture says, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Earnestly desire. That means go after it. Chase it. Want it. Earnestly desire them because they're for your benefit they're to bless and help each other. They're going to help you fight the enemy. They're going to set you up. They're going to help shape you for what I've got in store for you. Because there's a reason for all of this. There's a reason that once we step into a personal relationship with him, from the moment that we become part of his family, there's something that God desires for us. Have you ever asked yourself this? Why is he making me more like Jesus? It's a really good question. Why is he making each and every one of us? The skinny ones, the fat ones, the good-looking ones, the not-so-good-looking ones, the tall ones, the short ones, the beautiful olive-skinned ones, the fair, white, freckly, only-go-red-in-the-sun ones, those that speak English well, those that don't speak English properly at all, those that speak different languages, those that look different, those that have got curly hair, those that have got straight hair, those that have got no hair. Why is it that each and every one of us, he's decided from the very beginning to make us all the same in the image of his son with ever-increasing glory? Why? Like, I love that thought. Because so often in this world, I see it in my boys, and I, I was wired that way. I'm competitive. I want to win everything, everything. If I'm playing sport, I want to win. If I'm playing Uno, cards, Monopoly, I want to win. And I don't want to just win. I want to humiliate the people that I'm playing against. I, that's how I'm wired. And now God's saying, and I'm going to make you like my son, and I'm going to make them like my son too. I hold on. That's not fair. I thought I was special. You know? why, is he, why is he up to this? Why is he doing this? What's his plan? What's his purpose? What is he that he's setting us up for? See, we can, we can start to love the reality that we're citizens of heaven, that we're his ambassadors, that we're seated with him in heavenly places, that we don't have to do anything to gain his favour because we've already got it because it was done. We don't have to do anything for our salvation but accept him into our hearts. We don't have to do... It's a free gift. You don't have to do anything. Imagine if we said that to our children. You're alive now. That's it, buddy. Don't do anything. 
my boys are learning now at 9 and 10 there's things that they have to do yeah it's not about their sonship in our family it's got nothing to do with the love that we share with them but it has got everything to do with family everything to do with family everything to do with how our family operates together yeah see i believe and this is what i want to suggest you and i we are in the kingdom we even sang it this morning can't believe some of the lyrics of the words it was like they knew what i was preaching we are in the kingdom the death resurrection of jesus has settled that and done that the blood that was shed we that have said yes to him are in his kingdom amen but now there's a reason that he's working on us there's a reason that he's shaping us there's a reason that he's making us into the image of his son with ever increasing glory there's a reason he's pruning because that hurts there's a reason he's cutting there's a reason he's molding there's a reason that he pours his spirit in us and it's this because yes we are in the kingdom but i believe that father god papa wants us to be part of the kingdom not part as in in not part as in you're included but part as in active yeah part as in alive part as in a contributor this has got nothing to do with serving it's got everything to do with family yeah everything to do with family so we're in his kingdom yes but now he wants us involved he wants us involved in his kingdom yeah he wants he wants and he desires for us to be alive active and a part of it think about everything that you've been through all that father god that daddy has been teaching you in the in the journey that you've been on think about the areas of your life that you're growing in and that you're becoming more like him in do you really think that it's so you can sit back, ignore him, and live any way you like? Do you really think that? We're supposed to be together in family, living a particular life because we're shaped in a particular way, yeah? Look at what he suggests now that we're on this shaping process. Matthew 10, 8, heal the sick. It's got nothing to do with serving. Raise the dead, nothing to do with serving still. Cure those with leprosy, still nothing to do with serving. And cast out demons, still nothing to do with serving. Give as freely as you've received. He's shaping us more and more into the image of his son with ever-increasing glory. Because like Tristan said last week, we need to step into a place where there's no unbelief, where we only believe, and we are legitimately Jesus' people to those around us. Now, I don't know about you, but I reckon the church in general, that includes me, is seriously lacking people who are like Jesus, like that. Yeah? We're believers. We can share the gospel, but the word also says that signs, miracles, and wonders follow the preaching of the word. So if you've shared your faith with someone, where's the sign, where's the miracle, where's the wonder? Where's the change? That's why I love the testimonies. They were sharing the change, the power that was coming as God was shaping them, yeah? Peter McHugh said, if you could only understand his love, then you'll allow him 
that process. You'll allow him the time taken so he can shape you into the image of his son. Tristan goes, and now that you understand his love and you're being shaped almost, you know, you're shaped into the, now walk in it. Go for it, yeah? Now for me, it's not about what we're not, it's about what we can be. So when we lay hands and pray, instead of two out of every five being healed, four out of every five. Because there's got to be something there that challenges our faith, you know? Yeah? If we're healing, every, if we're healing everyone, there's no, there's no faith involved. We just know it happens. There's got to be an unction of, you know, of, oh, this is a challenge. If it was a, if it was a challenge for Jesus... Yeah, where he couldn't perform some signs and wonders in his hometown, then there's got to be a challenge for us. But the challenge isn't there so we stop. The challenge is there so we can continue moving forward because we know what we've been shaped into. Yeah? What about Mark 16, 15 to 20? And then he told them, go into, look, this is for all of us, yeah? Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptised will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Here, I want to trap you. Who, who considers themselves a believer? Yeah? Mate, only seven of you out of all of you. That's really sad. I know none of you want to be trapped. The reality is that everyone in this room considers themselves a believer. Everyone, yeah? If you, if you were to ask anyone, of course I'm a believer. I believe in, yes, I believe in Jesus. I got baptised when I was like an infant. I came to the Lord when I was 15 and I shared the gospel. And, you know, we all believe that we're believers. This, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. Oh, that's tongues. Oh, my goodness. Tongues. Shadia batlot shidia shamba. Tongues. That desire the gifts if you don't speak in tongues that's okay but desire it earnestly desire it yeah because there's a part of god that he wants to bless you in as he shapes you into the image of his son with ever increasing glory they will cast out demons in my name they'll speak in language they will be able to handle snakes with safety and if they drink anything poisonous it won't hurt them i'm scared to go into a roof because there's spiders they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up, etc., etc. Yeah? And the disciples went everywhere and preached and the Lord worked, worked through them. So this is what I'm suggesting. Yeah? This is the journey that God has had us on from the moment we said yes to him, but that he's been emphasizing over the last couple of months. He's pruning us. He's, he wants us to produce more fruit in areas where you already produce fruit. So you're going to be challenged there. He's going to cut away the dead stuff, the ugly stuff, the unhelpful stuff. He's going to do that. He's going to bring you to a place where you will acknowledge and understand the enormity of his love so when trials, tribulations, inner turmoil comes, you will legitimately be able to say, you know what, this week is just dung-filled. I'm keeping with the King James. Yeah? It's just, what a shady week, right? But I know what you're up to. You're shaping me. Keep going. Do what you have to do because I know how much you love me. So I'm going to stand in this peace by faith. Yeah? And he's telling us now in all of that to heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons, 
cure those with leprosy. I'd, I'd imagine some of us, if we had someone that actually walked in that was leprous, I'd be saying, hey guys, come on, you lay hands. I'll pray. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah? Sometimes we're so fearful of what we're praying for because we're looking with our physical eyes instead of stepping out in what he sees and what he believes. If he's our comforter, he's my protector. And so if he's asked me to lay hands, he will protect me. And should I fall sick, I'm going to rejoice in my suffering anyway because I know he's shaping me more into the image of his son Jesus. Preach the gospel, baptize new believers, speak in new tongues, lay hands. That's you and me. That's all of us. You know what? It's just not for pastors. It's not just for reverends. It's not just for ministers. It's not just for priests. It's for every believer because we believe in the priesthood of the body of believers. Yeah? Because he wants you not just in his kingdom, but he wants you to be an active part of the kingdom. He wants you to be alive. Contributing. You know, he didn't just save us so that we could be the same as everybody else. Think about it just for a minute. Do you really think that he went to the extent of, of, of sacrificing his son so that as, a, as Christians, regardless of denomination or part of the world that we're in or ethnicity or whatever, that we say yes to him and then we continue living life like everyone who doesn't know him? Do you really think that's the mandate? Do you really think that you can say yes to Jesus and have your life not changed? Have your thoughts not changed? Have your actions not changed? I'm not talking about service. Let me, do, let me do, throw in another, another thing in there. Service is an outworking of what God's doing in your heart, by the way. But I, I don't want to go there because then it'll become about works and I don't want to confuse you because it's not about works. But it's about understanding what God's doing, what he's shaping you into because that flows. Yeah, That flows. We do what we do because we want to do it. You know, we're supposed to be different. His family is different, 100% different. And so if we are in his family, we should be different. Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship is in heaven. We're not even a part of this world. Yeah. First Peter 2, 9 to 12, but you're a chosen people. Awesome. A royal priesthood, then live it. A holy nation. Wow. God's special possession. I knew I was special, I told you. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into a wonderful light. I'm going to jump to verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles. The King James even calls us aliens. You know, this isn't the world that we live in. We're supposed to be different. People are supposed to freak out when they meet us, not because we're weird, but because we're different. Because we see the glasses half full. We pray where there's sickness and we believe, even though our minds are saying this is impossible, we're going to live a life that only believes, that only has faith without unbelief. Yeah? And so they look at us and think, man, what, what manner of people are you? I'm glad you asked. We're Jesus people. Yeah, we're Christians. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. You know, we can't declare anything unless the love of God is so real and true and effective in our lives. Because what we're saying, when we understand that he loves us, yeah, because this is the propelling notion, we're saying he saved me. We're saying his love has absolutely and utterly changed me. Yeah? 
I'm in his family. I'm actually becoming more like him every day. And so when there are moments in our life when we're acting not like him, that should be a trigger for us to say, oh, wow, I'm not living like Jesus in this moment. Oh, I'm trusting more in money than I am in the provider, the one who owns the cattle. Oh, I'm, I'm getting a little bit angry. I'm not living like the Prince of Peace. Yeah? We're supposed to be different. Those things will come. But the way that we react is supposed to be different because we're foreigners and exiles. <laughs> we're destined and purposed to live different, to be different, to be powerful, to be supernatural, to be countercultural. That's you and I. Every single one of you, even if you don't want it, even if you're saying, what a great sermon, Andrew, but not for me. Ba-bow. It's for you too. Yeah, sorry. This has got each and every one of us pegged. Totally. See, as his children, we, we've been justified by faith, yeah? That means our salvation is secured. Yeah? It's done. We are now made right and just by him. But we've also, we're also sanctified by his blood. And sanctification is all about purity. Sanctification is all about how we live, yeah? It's about how we act. It's about not just being in the kingdom, it's being an active part of the kingdom. Why don't we all stand? I'm just going to pray for us all. See, the beauty of being an active part of the kingdom is 1 Peter 2.5. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. We have so often in our faith, yeah, we have so often in our faith looked at other people. Yeah, Ollie, can you want to jump on the keys just for now, just for a little bit? Um, we've often looked at people and tried to shape them into the Christian that they're supposed to be. We've often tried to shape people on the way that they're supposed to live life because they should know how to live. They should understand what God wants. You know what? They should. And as God speaks to them, they will. And as the Holy Spirit ministers that'll change but you and i though we're being transformed into the image of jesus with ever increasing glory you as a stone are a different shape to me as a stone we're not just like a brick that's square that fits nicely like those on the wall we are living stones we are different shapes we are different sizes with different attitudes so when he's building his kingdom when he's shaping us with purpose for purpose that means we all come together, regardless of our shape, knit together nicely as he builds the kingdom. Living stones to live for him. Yeah? To live for him. It's not about service, but it's about living for him. Living like him, the way that he wants you and has destined you to live. Amen? And his love is the key. So why don't we just close our eyes? Just for a moment as I pray. See, if we, if we will allow the love of Jesus, the, the absolute love of the Father to sweep over us from head to toe, where we can truly understand and appreciate, not in mind but in heart, the enormity of the Father's love for us. See, it's the key to what we receive. It's the key 
to what we perceive. And it's the key to understanding and our understanding of what Father and how Father is. It's the key to how we live, how we act, how we respond and even react to those around us. And in fact, by the time Papa has finished with us, if we'll allow him, we won't recognise ourselves. We will not recognise ourselves. There's a quote by Mark Stevens and it says this, God isn't into slight improvement. He's into complete transformation. He's not into slight improvement. He's into complete transformation. What does some of that complete transformation look like? <laughs> Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure the leper. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, in the house right now, Lord, I know that there's a desire. And Father, I'm going to suggest a vacuum even for myself, a space that we can step into. I thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. I thank you for all that you're doing. I thank you for all that you're going to do. But I pray, God, the understanding of our heart will be enlightened today. That, Lord, we would have a fuller and more complete appreciation of your love for us. Just in fact, how much you love us. Just in fact, what you have planned for us. The fact, Lord, that you have got a purpose for us. Lord, that you're shaping us into the image of his of your son Jesus so that we can live that purpose out in a lost and a dying world. Father, I know for me, Lord, there are times where I have not lived like you. Father, I know there are times where I have pushed back where you have tried to shape me. But this day, Lord God, I stand and I say, shape me, make me, transform me more into the image of your son Jesus that my words might bring life that my action might bring life, that those around me would discover the power, Lord, and the, the supernatural ability that comes from you. Thank you that you've given us your spirit. Thank you that the spirit comforts us and leads us and guides us. And thank you that your Holy Spirit will show us areas that you are still shaping. Make us a people that desire to be shaped. Make us a people that would cry out to you. Make us a people, Father, that would be so like your son Jesus that people would be drawn to us over and over again. Living stones knit together, transformed into your likeness with ever-increasing glory. Thank you, God, that we're in the kingdom. But Lord God, this day, we want to step into being an active and alive part of the kingdom. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And just for a moment, can I ask you, wherever you're, wherever you're standing right now, just in your own prayer, just pray. I'm asking you just to pray to the Father and say, if that's you, just to say, Lord God, that's me. Shape me more into your image. Help me to believe and only believe. Help us with our unbelief that we may walk in faith like your Son with ever-increasing glory. Just in your own words right now. So Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for the stirring. I thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the moulding. I thank you, Lord, for the ability of being transformed, not slightly, but completely. And Lord God, we look forward to walking into tomorrow. Lord, being shaped more and more into your son, Jesus. Lord, with a purpose to why you've saved us.
with a purpose to why you've given us the Holy Spirit, with a purpose to why you're continually transforming us. So we bless you. We give you all the glory and we give you all the honour. Everybody in the house said, enjoy the shaping. Know it's for a reason. Know it's not just for a season, but it's the seasons to come. Yeah. Be blessed. Save your children from the kids' church workers and vice versa.